Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed. Now it's time for a Spotlight Star Wars with your host, Ken Knapsack. Well, Spotlight Star Wars fans, is there some of you still out there? Yeah, it's been a while since we've done this show. I'm Ken Knapsack here for the 150th 
If my numbers are correct, and sometimes they're not, but I do have a good chart now tracking things, our 150th edition of Spotlight Star Wars. For newer fans, we have uh, been very fortunate to have newer folks jump on the Force Center train, the uh, train through Vandor here, uh, because of Book of Boba Fett. Uh, Spotlight Star Wars is always kind of a monologue from me. Cadaps talk to you, fellow Star Wars fans. Uh, just kind of go where my heart and soul takes me. Uh, and I've been doing that actually since uh, before Force Center began. Spotlight Star Wars was on my old uh, and still going uh, Knapsack Files podcast feed. It was going to be Spotlight Star Wars, Spotlight Game of Thrones, Spotlight whatever. And uh, Spotlight Star Wars just kind of came, came along and kind of took over. And then I said, I want to do a, a feed. Hey, Joseph. Hey, Jennifer Landa. Can, can you uh, get, get, come over to my apartment in Studio City? Let's create Force Center. We all did. And Spotlight Star Wars was uh, the first kind of repeating show over there. So it's kind of historic today. And I'm so happy that you all go along on that journey. Now, that said, it's a monologue from me to you, but occasionally some wonderful friends uh, get brought along for the party. And today for this uh, historic 150th edition of Spotlight Star Wars, I am so happy to welcome back to Force Center, my friend, Billy Patterson. Billy, welcome back to the show. I, I, I know it's a formality on these things to be like, oh, I'm so excited to be here. No, literally, I've been counting down the hours since you <laughs> basically had to cave and let me come on to talk about this topic because <laughs> I've been dying to talk about this for years. Yes. Years. This is great. This is wonderful. Yeah, Billy, a lot of you might remember Billy Biz or no Billy Biz uh, from his time uh, at Screen Junkies, now at Fandom, still working over there. Uh, he was the uh, TV Fights uh, uh, producer after I uh, left, and uh, we were both uh, uh, Roxy Stryer's uh, number twos on that show. We share that distinction, and we love Star Wars. We used to talk about Star Wars in the break room, and uh, Billy uh, wanted to talk about this uh, topic, and if you've clicked on the episode, you saw the topic, but it is... We're looking back 25 years later at Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, the special edition release in Empire and Jedi as well, coming up in February and March. Hey, we'll have a separate celebration for those. Um, so we're going to dive into that, and this is a free-form conversation, an interview between two fans who, you know, Billy, you and I are both at the same level of grumpy. Uh, but I forget, uh, you know, there's there's maybe, a, I don't know, a decade, a genera- a Star Wars generation between us, right? So you are a special right. edition kid. Yeah, I we, we don't wave the flag loud and proud, or at least I don't know a lot of um, <laughs> people that jumped on at the special edition point. I know prequel people, and I know yeah. people who came before it, but... The the special edition jump on point, I don't know a lot of people that went there. At least they don't talk about it. The only, I mean, they're out there. And I'm sure even after today, some are going to kind of uh, raise their hands and say, hey, Billy, hey, Ken, that's me as well. The 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 other like prominent one I know is is my, my friend Maude Garrett, who I uh, co-created and co-hosted Jedi Alliance with on the Popcorn Talk Network. That was it. That's what she said. 11, New Hope, special editions. That's how I fell in love with Star Wars. We here at Force Center love what we call the entry points, as uh, that uh, makes sense. That's how you entered into Star Wars. And when you really take time to hear other people's entry points and learn about them, respect them, and have fun celebrating Star Wars no matter how you got to it, I think you start to just learn more about uh, the fandom and, and people's experiences and, and moves that moves yourself uh outside your walls for me, the original trilogy walls. And, and I've always been fascinated with Billy. So we're going to really dive into you being a special edition baby. 
I, I love it. You know, I know every generation thinks that they are the best generation and the generations <laughs> before them didn't get it. I'm not, I'm not going to say that, but I'm going to say like looking at everything, it's like, wow, I can't imagine jumping into this fandom at any other time <laughs> than 1997. Ah, uh, man, that is a, it, let, let's start there. Um, I'm fascinated by that because you're so right. It is a it is a weird. Uh, you know, there's obviously the Gen Z, Gen X, and millennials and boomers, and, and the generations of us people. But generations of Star Wars fans, I think the special edition fans uh, get for get forgotten and get get forgotten in the discourse and the conversation and even the jokes about the changes. And yes, we're going to talk about George's changes. Uh, but the prequel generation is strong. Just two years later, the original trilogy generation uh, ruled for a long time. And then there's even like kind of the early 90s EU, Zon and, and, and Thrawn generation. I think we can explore those as well. So do you feel, how do you feel? You feel loud and proud being special edition. Do you, <laughs> do you feel overlooked in the conversation? I, it's, it's strange because I think the, the conversation turned into like the special editions are like this iconoclastic strike against Star Wars, as opposed to like, if it wasn't for the special editions, I probably would have watched Star Wars at some point in my life. I probably would have really liked it, maybe Mm. even loved it still, but it definitely would not be in like the fabric of my DNA as as it was because I got to experience, Mm. you know, six years of hype and six years (laughs) of waiting and six years of anticipation that the generation before me had in the span of three months. Like I didn't have to wait. I had it all. I walked out of that movie theater and the world of star Wars had already been built. Like it was, it was ready for me at that point. It's like you almost got to walk out of the, the, the cinema, turn around and walk right back in. For Empire. There, there was a day and I didn't do it. And to this day I regret it, but I couldn't do it. But there was a day when I went to see a new hope and, and this was later like in April And you could theoretically have walked from A New Hope to Empire to Jedi in that theater and spent the whole day there watching Star Wars. It was it was like going in a time machine where it was just like, imagine if you're a kid coming out of Star Wars in 1977. It's like, hey, you want to go watch the next one right now? Like I theoretically got to do that. That's insane. I love that. And this is, again, why I love having these conversations and, and, and looking at it differently than, than I did. And, I, you know, I'm going to talk about my experience as well, but this is definitely more about your experience. Uh, this, um, what you said, too, is right. If, if there wasn't the special editions, I'm sure at some point you would have stumbled on the VHS uh, collection or uh, these new fangdangled DVDs and you would have said, oh, Star Wars. Uh, do you really feel? Look, it's it's hard. It's hard to say because this is not the way it happened. Uh, this is a sure. big what if. But yeah, would have just have been part of the landscape versus something right dead center of your life. So I will say that the special editions were not the first attempt at watching a Star Wars. Gotcha. Um, in 1995-ish, when you know, I feel like Star Wars was just probably starting to make a comeback. Again, I don't really know because yeah. I it wasn't on my radar. It was not Batman Forever, so I didn't care. Um, but you know, like the Power of the Force line is coming right. back out, and those right. VHSs with my all-time favorite Star Wars art—you know, the black ones with mm-hmm. the Vader, Yoda, and Stormtrooper helmet. And I went to Matt Nashina's house, and Matt Nashina had A New Hope on. 
And I was like, okay, this is Star Wars. Like I've seen Darth Vader looks cool enough. I know what he looks like. And I know like I'm your father just culturally. I don't know what it means right. in context. Right. And it was the scene where the droids land on Tatooine. And it was uh-huh. about, I don't know, five minutes. I was like, this is it. This is, this is Star Wars. This, this sucks. Like this is boring. <laughs> like I don't care. And I remember just like, like, okay, maybe Star Wars is awesome, but this ain't it, pal. Um, <laughs> There's just two robots walking in the sand <laughs> for oh. a really long time. <laughs> like at least as a kid, it felt, I was like, oh my God, where are they going? I kind of don't even care anymore. Um, yeah. But then I remember maybe, I don't know, not too long after that, I was at the mall and I was at Suncoast Video. Yes. And uh, I was just looking around at different, I don't, I don't know what I would be looking at at that age, but um, I remember looking up, you know, they would always play a movie on the TV screens and I see, okay, there's a guy in a poncho and some guy in like white armor on these like floating motorcycles in the middle of a forest. This is kind of neat. What's that? <laughs> And then I watched that whole scene. And when Luke, you know, jumps off and ignites his saber, I was like, is this a star war? Is this, <laughs> this is definitely not like you, you, you buried the lead if this is a star war. And I, I remember like my grandma's like, okay, we got to go. And I was like, all right. So I know star Wars gets cool at some point, but I don't know where. And I kind of just forgot about it yeah. until the special edition hype started. Can I ask uh, if you're, if you don't want to give your exact age, I, I, sure. I, you know, what, what age are you in, in 95 are you when you see this stuff? When I'm in 95, I am eight years old. Okay. So I was seven when I saw Jedi, but that was different because it was going to the theater on opening night. This thing's going on. It's crazy. So, all right. So, but that's around. Yeah. Cause you, you, you know, you don't know, like you said, you hear, I am your father is something that's just out there probably on t-shirts. Yeah. Whatever. Like I always joke, like about, about 1980, I, I thought Battlestar Galactica and Star Wars were the same thing. Your mind just doesn't know what's going on. That was like Star Wars and Star Trek. And I think part of that was kind of like, again, and Star Trek was something I did get into later, but I thought that, you know, you're right with like heir to the empire and all this expanded stuff. And then all these toys and everything was like Star Wars just felt like it was too big for me to jump into. And it, Mm -hmm. and by, and just like seeing that clip of like the droids, I was like, and I just don't have the patience for it. If this is what star Wars is like, I I, I don't get it. I'm not into it. Um, until the special edition, because it's big, it's the event, it's the trailer, my relationship to the trailer. And I'm going to drop when we take a break here for center fans, I, I, I'm just going to play the trailer in the break. It, you know, you get a commercial break and you get a trailer break. Cause it, it, I, I just, it's just so part of my young adulthood. Uh, and I was working in radio at the time at my rock radio job. And I was at, a, I, I, and that's the other thing too. I, I, I had some of the magazines, everything, but movie news clearly wasn't what it was. And I just remember being in a theater and my first viewing of, I, I, is that an X-Wing? And then see it again for the first time. The Star Wars. Tra- what is happening? So I have a different relationship to that. Did you see that trailer and react to it in any way? Or were you like the robot movie? So no, I didn't. I, you know, when I saw that trailer, I saw that trailer when I went to go see a new hope, it was part of the trailer. Yeah. 
of the movie because they were obviously advertising the next two. So I didn't see that trailer until I was already seated for a new hope. But by that point, the only reason that I got hyped for the special editions was actually because a year prior, Mm. the biggest blockbuster on the planet that people were lining up for. And everyone was talking about was independence day. And I remember my dad said on 4th of July, all right, tonight we're all going to go to independence day. And uh, (laughs) for whatever reason, it just didn't happen that night. I went to independence day a week later and even though I was like, yeah, this movie's fun, but I feel like I missed something because like, I just remember the excitement of like, we're going to Independence Day tonight and seeing on the news that everyone was lined up for it. And we, I didn't go till the next week when you could just walk in and see it. Uh-huh. So when the special edition came out, I was like, okay, I don't really care until I saw on the news that Friday that people were lined up around the block in Fresno of all places. Uh, Like my little town, people are lining up to see Star Wars. And then I was like, I can't let Independence Day happen again. I have to go see this. I don't know why something is calling me that like, if I do not see this movie in the theater this weekend, this movie that I've already seen part of and and thought was boring, I will die. Uh, and you might. <laughs> so welcome to Earth and welcome to Star Wars. That's fascinating. It is, and look, I, I, I do love the the first Independence Day. I haven't, actually haven't seen the, the follow-up, so I can't judge it at all. Um, but I, I remember my, my friend Joel, a uh, big Kiss fan like you too, Billy, uh, came to the table uh, at, at the at – the, well, we just call it cafeteria at the community college we're at, but I guess that's what it was, the big – the meeting, lunch area. And he sat down. He's like, I saw that Independence Day. That is the Star Wars of our time. It's like, <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> Uh, let me go. Let me go see it. <laughs> and, and then I, mean, the, I suppose at the time, yeah. the, the like uh, cinematic or like special effects and everything was great. But yeah. I guess that's also what's what's interesting. We talked about later was like you know a generation saw Star Wars and was wowed by the special effects. I'm coming to Star Wars like I've seen. Independence Day and movies right. already that have rivaled those special effects. So mm. Star Wars couldn't couldn't get by on just spectacle alone at that point. You know, that's a great point, Billy, and that's something I think I still hear. It's not like super prevalent in the discourse or anything out there, but there, I, I I I've I've met the fans and talked to the fans or seen some tweets of someone who's just like, hey, look, Clone Wars is my introduction to Star Wars. That Luke guy and Jedi and everything, ah, it's not my favorite, and and that that might cause me to go, oh, but that's the point of these conversations and the point of the entry points. You're gonna look at Star Wars differently, and you're right. In '97, you're sitting down. And it's like, wow me, because, you know, I've already seen things. I've already seen Will Smith take on aliens. <laughs> the White House is already blown up. Like, I've already seen it all. So you can't just, you know, like, I'm, again, let's just say, like, I'm not going to have the same feeling as a kid walking out in 1977. Right. But I also think that, you know, in terms of just, like, mass media, it's a gross generalization to be, like, it is pure spectacle. Because it's like, clearly, it's, it's not just that. Because you know, they kept a fair amount of the old effects in the special edition, which people yeah. also forget. And it's not mind blowing in 1997, you know? No. And, and yeah, going through that list of changes, we'll get to that in the second half of the show, some more about the changes, but just going through the list, there's some that I'm just like, Oh wow. There's a lot of uh, cleared up smudges and edges. <laughs> like A lot of that. <laughs> it's like everything else kind of stays the same, but I want to talk about that. The first viewing you go there, January 31st, 1997. Where were you kids? Where were you? Uh, I was at a 10 a.m. showing in a Royal Grande, California. Uh, Billy, you were up in the beautiful town of Fresno, North on the five freeway, right? I was at the Broadway Fair Theater in uh, in Fresno, and I I almost didn't make it. 
I almost didn't make the weekend. I saw it at about five or six p.m. on Sunday. Oh, my I just God. barely made the cutoff. <laughs> so you had like, I think mine was like a Thursday. I got, I might have been eleven a.m. show. I did at the time, but because my radio shift ended at ten a.m. and 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 I gathered up about six of my friends. Uh, only me really wanted to see it. <laughs> You know, like I think my friend Joel might have been in that one. He was a big Star Wars fan too, so he wanted to. But but some people were like, "Yeah, I'll, yeah, Star Wars is fun. Yeah, sure, I'll go with you." And I had six tickets to two showings that day, back to back. And when the first showing ended, everyone looked around. They're like, "We've got to watch it again." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> but even then, I was kind of like, "I yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I guess we will. I guess we'll stick around." Anyways, I want to go to your viewing, Billy. Uh, that's the the, the the real focal point here. Uh, is this the one? Did you come right away? What changed? Take me through that first viewing. So first of all, my my mom loved Star Wars. Um, my dad, I guess she had taken my dad to see Star Wars when they were you know dating, and he fell asleep, so he could care less. So he wasn't going to take me. My mom wanted to take me, but she couldn't. So I went with my neighbor, who's about I don't know. 10 years older than me. She babysat us a lot, Heather. Yeah. And so she was the one that got me into her. She had a twin sister, Carrie, who got me really into the Beatles and she got me really into star Wars. Wow. So I went with Heather to star Wars. So I guess technically you could say it's my first date too. So there you go. Put that down in the book. <laughs> look, um, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look at me a little, uh, you know, <laughs> Romeo, in, Romeo in fifth grade. Um, so I remember sitting down in the theater and I remember the first trailer that they showed was Batman and Robin. And right. this was pre-internet this, or for me at least. Yeah. So I didn't even know they were making another Batman. And I was like, you know what? Even if this movie sucks, I've already got my return on investment. They made a new <laughs> Batman movie. I saw a preview of a new Batman. Like I'm already in a good mood. I, so. by, by the way, I, <laughs> I, I love that back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day, the number one source for movie news was trailers or posters in the lobby. Yeah. Crazy, crazy to think that I didn't know they were making a new movie until I saw a preview in the theater. Right. That's like, you can't even imagine it nowadays. It's tough to believe. And look, I had a lot of the set escapes, a lot of those, you know, I was studying screenwriting. So I had a lot of those movie magazines, but you know, they were behind, they, they were, they're old, uh, old style. They weren't, they weren't tweeting out the movie news, uh, rumor of this (laughs) and that. And so I remember how many times you, you go in there and be like, what is the Tarantino made another one? He made another <laughs> film. Wow, <laughs> Jackie Brown. Okay, let's go see it. So the the trailer, yeah, that might juice you up there, right, right at the beginning. And so, and, so yeah. I was juiced for that, and then they showed, you know, as we talked about this special edition trailer for Star Wars, and just the excitement in the crowd cheering, seeing this thing. And what's crazy is, and I've never experienced this before because what a crazy boutique situation this is, but to get a trailer, like people so hyped for a trailer for something you're immediately about to watch (laughs) is like, like I I, I can't under, I can't undervalue how Mm. like the atmosphere already put me in my into the mindset of like well I must have been wrong about what I saw you know already and didn't like there must have been something I was wrong about because clearly like mm-hmm. 
even just seeing footage from that trailer of what I knew was coming down the road, I was like, there's going to be awesome stuff. There might be some droids wandering around in the desert, but there's got to be some cool stuff in between that, right? You know? I, I love this idea. I wouldn't mind seeing this for bigger pictures. Maybe we do kind of a, a, a the trailer right before, you know, Endgame. It's about five minutes away, but here's the trailer. Get hyped. Get hyped, kids. Get hyped. Honestly, I, I in in hindsight, it just made me feel like like what I it like validated in a weird way what I was about to see was special. Um, no great. pun intended. You yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. So the movie starts. Those robots are roaming around the desert. Uh, are, 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 you, are you like this again? Or are you hooked in? Is, is the just the vibe and the energy, and momentum, just just pushing you onward to a different feeling? I, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's just like context is king. Where mm. Um, you know, even though I had seen, you know, Independence Day and all these other big blockbuster movies already in my life, still the shot of a Star Destroyer hovering above your head that mm. never ends. Like I was like, all right, well, clearly, you know, Matt Nishina started the tape at the wrong part, you know, <laughs> or I came uh, 10 minutes too late to this party. Cause this is awesome. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this, this should have been my first exposure. Um, but I think I was just, I was taken in. So by the time that you get to the droids on Tatooine, like, sure. Uh, even to this day, I still kind of like, yeah. all right, I'll go, I'll go, you know, make a sandwich real fast while this part's playing. Yeah. I don't hate it. It's just like, okay, I get it. But even then at that point I was like, I'm on board for whatever this is. Yeah. Like, now I want to know where they were going. And when we get there, I'm very excited. And, you know, I, I, I have a hard time kind of remembering how I felt for the whole movie, except the Death Star Trench. I was just like, this is the coolest part of a movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, yeah. there's nothing compares to how cool the Death Star <laughs> Trench attack is. There, there, and there's not even Will Smith or Jeff Goldblum in it. It's still cool. No. <laughs> So there, cool. there's no like must go faster must go faster there's <laughs> none of that uh but i i was just like enthralled and just like i can't believe mm -hmm. this what i'm seeing is a thing you know yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. hard it's hard to to verbalize like what mm. 10 year old me thought that he was seeing, but it was just very, just like yeah. i can't believe that this is a thing and i can't believe that this is a movie that has been sitting here for 10 years and no one put it in front of my face. I, I would love to call your friend Matt and just be like, did you start it at the wrong point or did you oversell it and undersell it? Like, what was that charity? How did that work out there? Um, I, I, I would love to track down Matt Nashina now and just be like, dude, why didn't you tell me to just like, wait like five more minutes? Like you, you let me go too soon. You're like, you're like Luke with Obi-Wan. Well, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> but I, I mean, honestly, like in hindsight, it's just like, yeah. what a great way to get hooked on this thing, which mm -hmm. is just like the first time you see Star Wars is on the biggest screen possible and with the cleanest print, you know, anyone yeah. had seen to that point with a group of people who already knew like the social cues of when to applaud, when mm. to clap, when mm. to laugh, when to gasp. So it's just like I, I just felt like I was taken on this journey by the movie, but also taken on this journey by like your generation that had already lived it. and was kind of like, come on kid, <laughs> you know, like come see what this is, you know? Hey, look, Star Wars is so much about the generational change and, and passing on it. We, 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 there's a little bit of us going, this is your fight now. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no, and look, we're going to get into a little bit more details uh, later about some of the things we like, dislike, and, and there's a lot to ha- talk a- around the special editions, but I love uh, kind of experiencing this with you again, uh, seeing it again for the first time through your eyes as you're about 10 years uh, of age. So when you come pouring out of the theater or the movie ends and the, and the medal ceremony and the credits are rolling, um, you know, take me to that moment, Billy, take me to that uh, that experience right then. It's funny because I don't remember how I felt initially. I remember that night when I got home, it was about nine or 10 PM. And for whatever reason to this day, I don't know. There was like, I had this, the school day off the next day, if it was like a staff development day or whatever. And I remember my mom coming into my room and saying like, Hey, you're going to go to grandma's house tomorrow. I was like, okay. And she's like, Oh, she also, um, she bought, uh, cause we used to play game boy at my grandma's house. Mm. She's like, and she bought this star Wars game. Um, and I know you just saw the movie, so you can play that tomorrow. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, this just feels like, have I won some invisible lottery where I saw the coolest movie ever and already the merch is pulling, is starting to just fall into, like, it felt like cornily enough, like destiny, like, yes, mm. this was all supposed to happen to me. And yep. with like, within the next week, I already had my first three action figures, which was the power of the force, Darth Vader, um, mm. Hoth gear, Han Solo, which I didn't know what that meant yet, but that was the only Han Solo that was available. <laughs> I did not and see this jacket in the movie. This is weird. Okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, I know that this hasn't happened yet. And he probably only wears this for five seconds, but <laughs> they are sold out of toys everywhere right now. So this is the best I can get. And I got the Luke, but it was uh, Luke on this, like, it was like deluxe Luke, which is the only one they had on this, like, little, this little, like, uh, this little space segue mm. that clearly is not in the movie. But those were my three Star Wars action figures. And for a very long time, it was just the adventures of Han and Hoth Luke versus Darth Vader until I could get a bigger collection. Man, uh, you're, 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 I'm, 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 li- I'm in my mind going back to 1997 and just, the toys, the power of the force. And in an, again, my experience a little different in, in that I'm, uh, you know, 20, uh, 21 years of age working, uh, you know, cool job. I'm a local radio rock guy and everything. And this was me in the theater just going, wait, I can still love this stuff. I get to love this stuff and it's still everywhere. And it's coming back. Like not just bendums, like figures and toys and movies. It, it, it You could really feel it, but to, to see it through uh, your eyes, you come out, it's like you come out of the theater and you said it very early in the show, Billy, this world is already built. The fandom's already built. A lot of us are reconnecting with it, our, our generation. But you walk out into a fully formed Star Wars fandom in a way. It felt, and and maybe this is the naivete of like a 10-year-old, but like it felt like it was all for me, you know? It was like, <laughs> you loved this movie and this this thing is so cool. Well, guess what? It is everywhere and it's not and it's not like batman forever where there's movies or there's toys from this movie there's toys from from this series from this movies that i don't even know yet but i'm gonna know real soon like it just felt like i i had just like i don't know like i had like i had access to something exclusive like something special like i was keyed into something you know again like i was the only person on the planet that that was into star wars at that minute it it is this phenomenon that it goes beyond star wars Uh, i'm not the first to talk about it or i i definitely didn't create this term but i always say this uh, shared uh kind of shared unique journey 
where it is you absolutely feel I am the only one that appreciates that Wedge gets promoted in Return of the Jedi. Now he gets to say Locke has foils in attack position. That was something <laughs> I, I thought only I appreciated. And then I, I met my other friends who were like, ah, oh, you know what I love when Wedge is, is red leader. And I'm like, oh, wait, you love that too. And, and, and that is the joy of it. And, and that's when you connect with Star Wars on that level. To some folks... It is just a movie. Some folks don't get it. Uh, an old roommate was like, I don't like whimsical things. I don't like that space stuff. Like, okay, I can't, you know, if it's if it's not there, it's not there. But if it is there for you, it, it is that feeling, like you just said. This whole world is coming up Billy, <laughs> and it's Star Wars everywhere for me. It was Star Wars everywhere, and it was it was one of those things, too, where it was just like Star Wars became for better or for worse, like my life. And I remember like all the other kids at school, like no one disliked star Wars. Mm. They either didn't really care. They're like, yeah, I saw it. It was really cool. I like it a lot. But I was like, no, 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 no. Why are we not talking about only star Wars all the time? What is it like? Everyone acknowledged that I was like, this was like, a, you know, a religious awakening uh, for me. Mm-hmm. And, but it was, I never felt like, Oh, the weird star Wars kid. I was just like, no, this is, this is just part of who I am now. Like, yeah. it's just, you know, and I really thought, you know, okay, well, a new Batman movie is going to come in the summer. That will be my thing. And Star mm. Wars, you know, we had a very great little, you know, hot romantic fling and then it's over. <laughs> but it didn't turn out to be that way. Like I had my Batman time, but as soon as Batman was kind of done by by August, like it was back to Star Wars again, you know? You're like telling Batman, like, look, we had fun. And you're looking over at Pierce Brosnan and GoldenEye going, your game's great. Uh, the movie's good. I just, I, I got to tell you, I've, I've, I've met Star Wars. I've met Star Wars. It's like. I just, there's still lingering feelings for Star Wars. I just feel it's working. It's just working in a way it wasn't with us. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So it ended up being a very Star Wars Christmas in, in 97, as yeah. opposed to like Batman Forever in 95, where it was just like that movie came out in the summer. And by Christmas, I was still like, it's only about Batman. This time it was just like, it's, it's Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. That's yeah. all I can think about is Star Wars, you know? Yeah, no, hey, but yeah, trust me. I know, <laughs> I know. That's why six years later, Force Center's even going stronger because Joseph and I, we talk off air. Uh, you know, sometimes we should just roll off air. Uh, and sometimes we shouldn't, but, uh, and sometimes I accidentally <laughs> forget to edit out clips and you hear some of us talking and I have to go back and edit it. Uh, but yeah, there's those days where we're like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Let's get to work. But also, oh my God, I watch, I watch solo on Saturday. Got it. So much fun. Oh God. I cried again at Rise of Skywalker. Like this is it, man. And are you, are you side note of this, but you kind of touched upon it in this era, you're falling in love with star Wars, the other friends, maybe other things. Uh, are you, were you, or are you still like the star Wars guy in your group of friends or the star Wars person to those around you? Oh yeah. It wasn't even close. Like, to, I was the kid that we did. This is so disrespectful now in hindsight. Uh, so I, I preemptively apologize, but we were doing like <laughs> this Native American like studies thing in, in yeah. fifth grade. And you had to kind of like design um, like this piece of a, like a, like a tribal symbol. Mm-hmm. And I did the star Wars logo and my teacher sent it back and she was like, no, like oh. I have to draw the line here. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> she, no. She's like, she's like, not everything can be Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> Look, I, 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 I've said this before in Fort Center. I apologize for repeating it, but I, I, you reminded me of like, I'd, I'd be in big meeting when I was a security director, public safety director. I'd be in meetings with like the mayor, Antonio Villaraigosa, uh, head terrorist. I'd be in these meetings doodling Death Stars, X-Wings and TIE Fighters and AT-AT walkers in the corner of my notes. Like... <laughs> 
It's Star Wars. <laughs> just it never leaves you. It never leaves you once it's there. Um, yeah. So yeah. many assignments I had to redo uh, because uh, my Star Wars just I wanted to again. It was just like it was like I felt like. John Lennon and Star Wars was my Yoko. Like I just, oh, and nothing else. I, I That's all I wanted to spend my time and my, my thoughts on, you know, and for the yeah. most part, yeah. Like my friends were like, yeah, we'll totally play, you know, Star Wars or we'll talk about Star Wars or whatever. Yeah. But then they moved on to something else. And I was just like, but, but Star Wars is still here, you know? Yeah. In the middle of the night, I call your name. <laughs> Star, Star Wars. All right. So in uh, last thing here before we take a quick break here, Billy, and, and we're going to, in the break, we're going to play the trailer. Now I haven't played, I haven't heard the trailer. I'm going to drop it in later. Billy and I aren't, aren't even going to hear it. But uh, so I'm paraphrasing. I'm always bad with quotes anyways. Um, but the best thing about that trailer, especially when I saw it for the first time there and that, uh, you know, the little TV and the X-Wing explodes through it. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And at the end of that trailer, the big VO guy says, and then you get to see the Empire Strikes Back on February 21st. And then you get to see Return of the Jedi on March 7th. I just like stop the car, which at the time for me was a 1981 Ford Fairmont. Stop the car. I got three straight months of Star Wars in the theater. Uh, you come out of the theater, you're in this world of Star Wars, Empire's coming, Return of the Jedi behind that. What do you do? Do you see him? Do you wait? Do you grab VHS tapes from Maddie? What do you do? So, so Heather did have the VHS tapes, which Lucasfilm very smartly, you couldn't go buy them at that point. Right. You could not, because that, that was my very first thought was like, well, let's just go buy those yesterday. Nope, couldn't do it. And everyone had the same thought as I did, which is, okay, go to Blockbuster and rent it. Couldn't rent <laughs> couldn't it. Rent. Like it was just perpetually gone. So Heather had the VHSs of the trilogy uh, with that artwork that I love. And I was actually, you know, the first month in between Star Wars and Empire, mm -hmm. I was just so like still caught up and like, okay, I need to like collect everything I can and read everything I can that I was able to hold out. I was like, you know what? I, I can't wait for Empire to see it in the theater. And I'm so glad I did because yeah. Empire was not what I thought it was going to be at all. Mm. And I was not prepared for it in mm. the best way possible. That's um, amazing. So you are you talking just in tone, the revelations, like now finally seeing the context of the, of the father reveal, like that, everything about that on that side? I think that it was definitely a tonal shift that I... The first one is just so, uh, like, you know, like you said, like borderline whimsical. Mm -hmm. And the second one was like, I was like frightened by, uh, like the the cave sequence oh, yeah. uh, with Luke and I was very frightened by the Minoc and I was just like I wasn't <laughs> yeah. frightened but I was disturbed um just kind of by like Han and Carbonite and just like the the dour kind of you know like that that sense of dread over the film the first film is just like you know like an adrenaline rush like you just took a hit of cocaine or something yeah. and then yeah. the second movie is just like it's just like a, like a panic attack of star Wars that I just wasn't ready for, but I was like, I, I was like enthralled by it. It was a different type of adrenaline rush, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, look, Hey, you're, you're talking to someone who's still kind of, kind of scared about large barge and Wee's big adventure. So uh, I get you the Midox, everything about it. I mean, the Wampa, uh, you know, even the original, Oh, version. the Wampa. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The special edition version, which I love big fan of that change. 
I mean, that's still got when when that Wampa pumps pops up as a kid when I was watching VHS. Like I that that um, I needed to sleep with the lights on for for a couple of days there. So I get you. Uh, so from Empire though, you, you you're definitely on board. Nothing's changing. You're just like you, your mind's probably blown even more. That that now you get. To yeah, I mean the fact that I was like I knew the I'm your father thing, so that reveal wasn't like. Mm, okay. Yeah. But the con- the context definitely was like, oh, I I really get what that actually means now, and like the implications, and mm. you know the relationship change. Um, what really threw me were two things. One, which is no, there is another, and I was like going out of my mind, like who is this other? I will die if I don't know who he's talking about. And then <laughs> two was. In the scene where Luke, I'm your father, all that stuff, like the thing that really threw me for a loop, because I was like, you can't do that in a movie. I just could not get past the fact that I was like, did he just cut his hand off? Oh, you yeah. can't cut a like Batman doesn't get his arm cut off. Like that just doesn't happen. And I just to the point where like I I dwelled on the thought of Luke losing his hand for so long. You know, they say that George Lucas talked to a child psychologist and the child psychologist said for Return of the Jedi, like you have to have Yoda like say that mm. Darth Vader is Luke's father because kids aren't going to believe it. I didn't believe that Luke got his hand cut off and I saw it and I saw the replacement get put on that after about four or five days, I like dug up, I had my, I bought like the kitty versions of the, the novelizations and I hadn't read them yet. Cause I wanted to wait till I saw all three of the movies, but I was like, Nope. Yeah. And I remember I was late for school because for some reason I like, it was like seven 30 in the morning. I was like, I can't, go any longer without knowing if what I saw was what I saw. And I like dug through the book to find it. And it was, there it was, it was like Vader cuts, you know, with a slice of his saber, Luke's hand plummeted down. I was like, I just can't believe that that's the thing. I don't know why to this day, like I just was shell shocked that Luke lost his hand. That, that is it. That's a, I lost again, again, perspectives and entry points and, yeah, the focus understandably is on on the father reveal, and and even there is another. But yeah, that is that's pretty traumatic. Absolutely is. Absolutely, our hero, the guy you just you're seeing him staring to the twin sons, and you're rooting for him, and he's bloody and beaten, and and, and the the early maybe the one of my favorite views still uh, scenes in Star Wars and moments is Vader just launching all those uh, you know pieces uh, of equipment at him and, and Luke flailing with his lightsaber unable to take it down and I, I, I look at it now can watch it as an adult and have a different interaction with it but as a kid that that terrified me that whole scene now, I'm, I'm still like I, I still have like a sense of dread wh- from the moment Luke shows up on Best Ben until the end of that movie to this day and I've seen mm-hmm. that movie hundreds of times <laughs> and it's still like I just get that like pit of my stomach feel probably because I just was so in disbelief of what I saw. So of course at that point I was like, I've been so good waiting for empire. I cannot wait three more weeks to see Jedi. Like it's just not going to happen. Three weeks, Um, three weeks is a long time for a kid. (laughs) How you guys did three years. I will never know because I just was like, Nope, not going to happen. So I like, begged Heather to give me the VHS. She's like, Oh, one of our neighbors has it. So I had to wait another week. And then finally she was like, I can't take it. So I got the VHS finally and I watched it. And I remember when Darth Vader's helmet came off, yeah. I paused it. I was at my grandma and grandpa's house. Cause I, I had to watch it in two parts. Uh, and I paused it when Luke's was about to take the helmet off. And I remember just like pacing. I was pacing in my, my grandma's den, just like, 
there, I'm never going to be able to go back to a time where I don't know what Darth Vader looks like under this helmet. Like this, wow. it was like a life changing moment. Cause I was like terrified of what it was going to be. It's like, whatever happens, this is it. You're going to now know what forever, what he looks like. <laughs> and then I pushed play and I was like, okay, it's not as bad as I had made it in my head. Cause empire was like, oh man, this is going to be gnarly if I have to look at this. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cause you get the, you get the, the back of his head there. Uh, when the, uh, the right. ears and I was so terrified that honestly, like as much as I would have loved to have seen all three for the first time in the big screen, yeah, I think I maybe like would have just been, it would have been like, I would have had too much of like a panic reaction. <laughs> like I'm glad I went to Jenna. I was like, okay, I can experience this in the big screen and all that, but I, don't have to freak out yeah. and it was the first time that i could watch it and be like oh and now i can look to see what's different yeah. you know oh yeah oh yeah yeah which we'll talk a little bit more about in a second this has been a lot of fun and guess what we're not done folks we're gonna take a quick break here on spotlight star wars and like i said i'm gonna drop in that old trailer why not we don't do that a lot here on force center but let's all listen to that take a break and when we come back we are going to talk more about the star wars special edition with our friend Billy Patterson. Stick around for more Spotlight Star Wars. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars the only way it's been possible on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. Now, for its 20th anniversary, the adventure of a lifetime returns to the big screen in a way you've never seen before. There'll be no one to stop us this time. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. With newly enhanced visual effects. They're coming in too fast! PHX and digital sound. And a few new surprises. On President's Day weekend, 1997, George Lucas and 20th Century Fox invite you to welcome back Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, Darth Vader, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Chewbacca, C-3PO, and R2-D2. Finally, the motion picture event, the way it was meant to be experienced. This will be a day long remembered. As the entire Star Wars trilogy returns. On February 14th, Star Wars, followed soon after by The Empire Strikes Back, and then Return of the Jedi. Move closer! For a whole new generation who have yet to experience it on the big screen. And for everyone else to experience it again. That boy is our last hope. No, there is another. The Star Wars Trilogy, Special Edition. See it again for the first time. The Force will be with you, always. There you go. See it again for the first time, my friends. And yes, uh, a long-time Force Center listeners remember, I think I explained this on a Spotlight Star Wars, but I'm not saying I do it perfect like the announcer, but I still, to this day, when talking uh, about uh, this space saga we all love, I will say Star Wars. Like that announcer in that trailer. That's so much. I just think that trailer is, uh, when you talk about great Star Wars trailers, that one was huge. It was huge for a lot of us. Whether you were original trilogy uh, generation fan, uh, watching these with dubious eyes, wondering what did George do to these movies here, uh, or you were like our guest Billy Patterson, you're a special edition generation baby, falling in love with Star Wars in 1997. That is the importance of the special edition trilogies, I think, more than all the changes and any Han shot first, Greedo shot first, McClunky of it all, it doesn't matter. What's important is these movies helped introduce a new generation of fans to the wonderful world of Star Wars, like Billy said in the first 
first half of the show. Uh, it, it, the world was Star Wars. You fall in love with it, you come out, you're just surrounded. Toys, books, more movies, uh, stuff on the way. But Billy, you, you grew up. We all grew up, right? You got a little older. Unfortunately, mm, yeah. not wiser, but older, <laughs> technically, yes. So as uh, you get into, uh, we're, we're not even here to have that prequel conversation. That's an entire different conversation. You, you and I have had some of those uh, conversations too here on Force Center. But the special editions, as you grow up and you start to get plugged in a little bit more into the pop culture zeitgeist and the pop culture discourse. And this is before podcasts and uh, the internet as it is today, all those kind of things. Um and, and you yourself form uh, maybe more refined uh, opinions on cinema and, and the things you love. The opinions of the special editions always have been mixed. Understand it. We can talk about some of the changes here in a second. Understand some of it. There's even the bigger discussion of should art be changed? Does George even have this right? I personally think he does, though I get that conversation. Uh, there's some nuance to it. Totally get it. But I want to go to you, Billy, and your, your growth, and you get a little older, and the conversation of special editions is not filled with the joy that you experienced in 1997. Uh, how did you experience that? How did you learn about that? And what are your thoughts on it then? And we'll talk about now. You know, it's, it's tough when you've, when you've been beaten up by the internet for so long, you start to kind of forget <laughs> when the, when the, right. when the torment started. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really, I can't really pinpoint exactly when I remember um, it being such a bad thing. I guess like the biggest one that I remember of people being very upset was maybe around like 2004, mm -hmm. 2006, when the DVDs were coming out and, you know, everyone was just saying like, well, I want the original untouched version. And I, mm. at the time, and to be honest, even now I just was like, why? Like, you know, cause in my brain, I was like, no, I, I want the, I want the better version. I want the, and yeah. I guess like, that's a little bit, I, I can understand the frustration. Cause I, I say, I want the version I saw, which I totally sympathize that the version everyone before mm -hmm. me loved was the version they saw. Yeah. So I guess I was just I shrug like, all right. I didn't know that they were that hated to mm -hmm. me. I, even to this day, I think the special editions, like are kind of like, you know, the additions to the special editions are like, yeah. you know, sure. They're, they're, they're moot and, and, or quick to, to leave the screen at best for me right. at least. Mm. Yeah. This is no, still Star Wars. Yeah. It's still Star Wars. No, no, it's interesting not to, to spin it down that. And we've done um, a lot of, uh, there's some Star Wars ranked special editions, things we love, all those kind of things. We obviously choose to connect with what we love here in, uh, in Star Wars uh, as, as a kind of a four center creed, but, but um I don't mean this as a, as a hot take, and I know you had your podcast Hot Takes with Billy Biz uh, for right. a long time, which uh, wasn't necessarily about uh, uh, crappy internet hot takes. It was something totally uh, different and, and smarter, but um, I, I don't mean this as a hot take. I, I, I don't miss the original editions. Every, every time maybe they pop up, and I, I, I'm as we're talking, I got two versions of them right in front of me uh, uh, that I could watch uh, put in um, VHS, and, uh, I, and one day I might do it for fun, but I, I, I don't miss them in that regard. I get the bigger artistic conversation. I get it was something I, I saw then. But in my mind, George was tinkering literally opening weekend on. And, and again, you might, uh, 
might not disagree. That's maybe the last time I'll say that caveat. I, I, it's a different conversation. But they're George's pieces of art. He wants to go back to them, and he does. And he's been doing it since it, since 1977. Going back, going, I don't like that. Let me fix that. Let me fix this line. Let me do this. Let me change this. You go through the list of changes on Wikipedia. It's amazing. The long list of changes that began from 77. So uh, to me, I just, I just, I'd rather see Kenobi's hut uh, on that overlook, uh, that overlook uh, shot they get there. I'd rather see the sand crawler. I'd rather see the cooler look at X wings. Uh, no disrespect to the model makers. Clearly, their their influences everywhere. But I like the X wings flying by in the Battle of Yavin. I'm there for all that. And it, like you said, it's Star Wars, man. Yeah, I I definitely remember, you know, after in that lull between April and August when the special editions VHSs were released, mm-hmm. borrowing or renting Star Wars again. And it's kind of like, you know, when I was a kid, I taped the Michael Keaton Batman uh, on TV. Mm-hmm. And when I finally got my own copy of it years later, it just felt weird that there weren't commercial breaks there. I was like, oh, yeah. oh I've just been Pavlov's dog. I'm trained to like, there's a commercial at this point. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way when I watched the original theatrical cuts of Star Wars, where I was just like, oh, but it's, it's missing the thing right here. You know, <laughs> um, even yeah. when like the, the X-Wings all leave Yavin, like mm-hmm. I didn't have the biggest TV. Like when I saw it, I was like, uh, is there just nothing there at all? Like I had to get up close and be like, Oh, those <laughs> teeny little white specks are supposed to be the ships leaving. Like at first yeah. I just thought I was like, there's literally nothing there. That's weird. Why would, you know, yeah. what, what, what's going on? So like for me, I just, just the way that I, I ingested star Wars, like mm-hmm. a non-special edition is very strange to me, which I've seen the, not the, mm-hmm. the original theatrical cuts many times. And each time it's just like ever so slightly jarring. Yeah, look, yeah, and there's a lot of the the other the the, the fan edits on everything, and I respect it all there. But uh, Rick McCallum, and this is a reading from Wikipedia here. He had this quote at the press conference for the Episode One DVD in 2001. Uh, Rick McCallum, probably chomping some gum and dropping an f bomb, says, "And one of the great things about doing the special editions was we were able to go back and do the original Star Wars: A New Hope exactly the way George wanted it, the way he had written it. Whether people liked it, it didn't matter. It was his movie, and he couldn't make it when he." first made it because there were so many compromises he had to go through look it's just the way it is uh you know i have the book out there while we live star wars uh you can uh, get it wherever books are booked there's uh two factual errors one that slipped past me and one that slipped past my editor there's a typo describing uh the yt uh, 1300 freighter looks like i said yt 300 uh there are some sentences that i didn't uh, agree to like the, that weren't edited by the editor like I would change that book. I'd put out a special edition the week after it was released. I'm not saying I'm George Lucas. I'm just saying I get it. I get George going to that theater. Even Mark Hamill has said in interviews, you go back, find interviews. We read the script and the cantina was amazing. We got there. It was like a guy in a wolf mask. Like, (laughs) what? So from that point of view, uh, Star Wars being kind of a living document uh, that changes as it goes. I even the McClunkies one. I I I get such a kick out of McClunky that George was like, and one more. <laughs> I I have a McClunky shirt, uh, yeah. which I think you know I don't wear. Ironically, I wear it almost to say like, yeah, I'd like Star Wars is is goofy and and sometimes and it's all yeah. good with me, you know. Nothing, nothing, uh, you know. Other, we'll talk about the Han one, um, but nothing uh, other than that one to me drastically changes 
anything in the themes, the core, the lessons, the inspiration, the myth of the story. And that's all I think I care about in the end. You want to put some window dressing on it? You want to put Hayden's eyes here and there? You want to, I'm fine with it all. Uh, you know, uh, uh, other discussions we had, I guess. But, like, uh, I do love it there. The big thing I'm asking about, we can talk about the changes specifically here. I do, sure. want, I do want to talk in a, in a bit about Hanshot first, all that stuff. But I, my big the- thought behind this question and the theme of it here, Billy, is did you feel when this started, when you started to pick up on like, oh, there's things and Han shot first or didn't shoot first and all this, did, was your joy just tempered at all? Did you, did your love of it, was it affected or you, you as you just said, kind of like, eh, not, not worried. It's still Star Wars. Uh, you know, I, there, I, I'd be lying if I said that there wasn't a smidge of disappointment that yeah. the the world does not hold the special edition uh, in as high mm-hmm. esteem as I do. If anything, just because like of what it meant to me then, like yeah. I just never have been interested in the uh, Han shot first mentality of Star Wars. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I. Be, also because, you know, like I, 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 you know, film and art and everything is to me, like they're just tools. They're yeah. just tools that give us a common language that help us understand each other. And as you just said, like there's nothing within the special editions that fundamentally alters like the, the set of tools that it mm-hmm. gave me to understand myself and to under, understand other people, you know? Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I mean, maybe it's I'm, I'm being over the top here, but it's not like George went back and said, you know what, you know, Luke strikes Vader down out of anger. Revenge was right. It's now Revenge of the Jedi, especially like it, it, it was just window dressing and beautiful window dressing and weird window dressing. Jedi rocks. Joe Yaza, not my favorite, but over the years. I hum and sing to that song as well <laughs> because I mean there you there, know there's some changes that I think are absolutely better that are blasphemous. Like I. Mm-hmm. I understand that for a generation, Yup Nub was a was that's yeah. how it ended, and that was yeah. great. I think what's in there now is one hundred percent more appropriate for the film that you just watched. I, you know, I, I always say I still have Yub Yub Nub on CD, probably even cassette somewhere on a mixtape. I can enjoy it. I can find it on YouTube. Uh, I can watch the VHSs if I want to uh, find the cords to hook up that VCR in my living room. But yeah, the victory celebration song, but also seeing parts of the galaxy. I just think it is more appropriate. Um, and again, I'm not saying this since I don't think you are either, Billy. This isn't declarative hot takes. These are opinions no, no. and action. But the thing you said, you touched on, you touched on it there. Of, I'm I'm kind of talking about hey, ninety nine, two thousand, and also there's a lot of prequel discussion going around that that Billy. But even now, and this is why we're here. I've been on other shows where guests uh, have been like, oh, I'm a Star Wars fan. I don't watch the special editions. Those aren't Star Wars. I refuse to acknowledge those. And again, that's their journey. Not here to take it away, but I'm always kind of like, ouch, babe. Like, that is someone's Star Wars. That is that is also our Star Wars. Like, do you, do you even now, do you get defensive, want to strike back or just say, hey, I am a special, gener- special edition generation kid. I, I'm here too. The, the the biggest, I guess, regret that I would have, which I can easily remedy, is like one of my favorite posters that I, I absolutely love is uh, Three Reasons Why They Invented Movie Theaters. It's just all black with like this like metallic like Star Wars kind of emblem in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to get it a few years ago, but I was like, 
oh, everyone's just going to be like, why'd you get a special? If you're going to get a Star Wars thing, why'd you get the special editions? Right. Which now I'm just like, well, who cares? I'm the one that's going to look at it every day and that's my favorite thing. So why don't I just get it? Um, maybe after this, I'll buy it. So yeah. I guess in a, in a weird way. Yeah. Like there with everything, I think there was like a time where it was just like, okay, I, I do like the prequels. Um, I'm just not going to really talk about it, you yeah. know, or like, yeah. I do love the special editions or like, or it's not even like special editions versus theatrical. Like, I guess, my quote unquote hot take is like, I don't think they're really that much different from each other. Like mm -hmm. to say one is star Wars and one is not seems asinine to me. Uh, you know, if, mm -hmm. if 98% of the movies exactly the same, like the DGA would still give them credit. So uh, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I just, I, maybe I'm at a point in my life where yeah. I'm just like, I like what I like and I truly can like live peacefully knowing that a lot of people just don't like it. Hey, you know? you, you've reached a good spot and I think I, I get there at times and, and, you know, being involved in podcasts and, and you and I kind of working in this, uh, you know, pop culture, digital landscape, it can get, it can get, it can get exhausting. And you and I, this is almost off topic, but you and I have had those conversations where, even some of our coworkers or colleagues were just like their their opinions and takes. I just can't deal with. I love them to death, but I, I'm just going to go in my corner and love Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, I've been that person to you personally. Yeah, we've had three major discussions about Rogue One. The first one was me being the aggressor, like, <laughs> "What are you thinking? Liking this?" The second one was like, well, I respect your opinion, but you're wrong. Yeah. And then the third one, and all this was over the span of like two years. And the yeah. third one was like, you know, I like certain parts of this and I, it makes me happy that you like certain parts <laughs> too. And I'm glad that we can talk about the things that we like. Yeah. Like, I feel like Rogue One was like, you could see my maturation of just like, <laughs> you know what? Uh, Joseph says it and you say it all the time, like, in this big banquet of Star Wars, there's Star Wars stuff out right now that yeah. I just don't really, you know, it's yeah. not my thing or I don't care for it. Yeah. I just don't talk about that one or I don't dwell on that one. Yeah. I just talk about the ones that I really do like. Uh, the, we'll do the Rogue One conversation uh, at the 25th anniversary uh, Spotlight Star Wars. <laughs> but I remember that conversation we had, um, and we didn't know each other super well yet, but uh, you had come on board at uh, Defy working uh, yeah. on the Screen Junkies brand where I was. And essentially you were uh, did uh, kind of replace me in that position and, and made it even better. And, and you have more producing skills than I do. But uh, we we were we had mutual, you know, mutual friend and Brittany Wallach. And this was and so I, I really loved you. I thought you're, you and I, like I said, same kind of grump. This is great. And I, we were in the break room by the refrigerator in that coffee machine. And you oh, start yeah. and you started talking, and I, I and my heart just was like, oh man, I wanted to love Billy so bad, I really wanted to love him, <laughs> but I can't, I just can't. He's, I, I can't, I can't. But I, yeah, you no. Know, again, over time, and you give distance, and you don't, you don't fight fire with fire. You just, uh, you know, there. And and if and if by the way, if you never, if you never came around, whatever that phrase means, uh, if you were still like, nah, Rogue One, every every second of it, I, I don't like. I, 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 you know, we would, wouldn't change our friendship, but uh, it, it, that's because you connect with what you love in Star Wars, and 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 that's what I'm there for, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wish people would would would. I, I feel like the the conversation from special edition was never really about like, wow, this kind of like brought Star Wars back to life. Because imagine if this was just a complete crash and burn, and no one had had seen mm. it, like. 
you have to think like, yeah, episode one would have come out, but would it have been such a surefire thing? You know, like Mm. this, you know, you kind of forget that this was like, this was assurance. Like, okay, we are go for launch. Like people are ready for star Wars again, you know? Yes. Look, that's what was happening. I mean, George is putting together these movies, but he's starting to write Phantom Menace in, what, 94, 95? He pulls out that yellow notepad and starts writing, and and uh, I'm reading the Paul Duncan Star Wars Archives books of that era, which is like 90, 97 to 2005. It's just the most amazing books. I love them. I love the the, the J.W. Rensler ones as well, uh, but these are just uh, just wonderful experiences to go through. It's a journey, and that's what the special editions is. It is, it is not just to me, George... I gotta go. I, I gotta go fix something. It's also like, hey, you know what's out there? Is the fandom still there? The dark days of Star Wars are real. Those late '80s into the early '90s, the Zon books. I'm not a huge fan of them over time. They're not my favorite Star Wars anymore. But God bless it, they brought Star Wars back in '90, '91, '92. They were part of that, but it was still novels. It was still something not everyone was connecting with. Not everyone. It was it was nerd talk. Like if you read the new Star Wars, Air of the Empire stuff. Special editions did explode it back onto the screen, almost literally, and led to the prequel generation, led to the prequels. And I have so much love for the prequel generation because we're talking about Star Wars now. I'm here in Force Center now. We got new Star Wars shows, books, comics, movies now because the love of your generations, putting you with the prequels there, you literally picked it up and continued to run with it. I mean, it was just such a, it was such an exciting time because it was like, you know, I, I mentioned this in a different episode where I had, you know, the, one of the first things I got after the special edition was this like special, you know, retrospective magazine that mm-hmm. kind of talked about, you know, Star Wars, the special editions, but also kind of hinted that there was more coming, you know, that episode one could be a reality, a new right. Star Wars could be coming. And it was just like, you know, I, I, I admire, you know, people like you and Joseph that, you know, you, you, there was a good chance Star Wars was just never coming back. And it's like, mm-hmm. you can hold on to what you have and that that's cool. But it was like, for, for me, you know, to, to this kind of like embarrassment of riches, it's like, mm-hmm. I get introduced to this world and then the next year, you know, there's, there's a trailer out or, you mm-hmm. know, that a new one's going to be made. Like right. I didn't have to wait or I didn't have to <laughs> like wonder, like, is this kind of like, is this it? Like, yeah, yeah. this was just the beginning. So to come in at this point was mm. just like, that's why I said at the beginning, like, I can't imagine coming in at any other time than 1997 to be such a spoiled brat with star Wars. Like I was spoiled rotten with star Wars because not only was it like, yeah, yeah. Power of the force and all these figures came out in 95, but it was 97 where the green cards came out because people were buying them that it's like, okay, we're going to make everybody. So (laughs) I never had to worry that I wasn't going to get a action figure of this certain character. Like Mm. that just never that never was a reality that I had to live in. It was always just like more and more and more and more, not wondering where the next Star Wars meal was yeah. going to come from. Man, uh, the, you know, this is great stuff. And and did you find it was easier to, uh, and I, we could go for hours now about the prequels. I don't, I don't want to do that here. We'll do it some other time. But because these movies come right right around the corner uh, and, 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 you know, did you find that it was easier to be more open to them or to fans of them? Because it was all around you, if you know what I mean. Because because I'll say this: like I think sometimes the original trilogy generation, uh, we forget what you're describing. 
We forget those dark days. We forget when it went away. We forget when we were told, like, well, all right, Luke, uh, Leia, Han, they won the day. Lando's clapping. The Ewok's dancing. Party's over. Turn the lights out. Time to grow up. Time to go into the real world. Put your Star Wars toys away. And I, I think that could make you defensive about it, right? It's the kind of the old classic nerd thing. Nerd was, nerd was different back then. You were beat up for being a nerd. You were, you, and you had to hold on to it. So when other people started coming along in special edition era – and even 95 Power Force, whatever you want to say, and then the prequel edition, and people are like trying to grab, they're almost like trying to grab the toys from you, and you're like, no, mine, mine. I lost it, and it's in my heart, and you can't take it from me. And I just think that some my generation has that and maybe has to grow through that. You had a different experience. It was everywhere, and everyone was getting on board. Yeah, there. you know, like I, I think because you're talking from 97 to 99, like, there wasn't time for cynicism, you know, mm, like mm. there wasn't time for me to get jaded by anything Star Wars because by the time that I had already gotten into it, you know, like the floodgates were just open at that point. So I never felt like, you know, like, well, this is my Star Wars and whatever's coming. I was like, no, like this is my Star Wars and that one's going to be my Star Wars and that <laughs> one's my Star Wars. Like it all just felt like, again, like insanely yeah. uh, uh, kind of like myopic, but it was like, this is all for me. This is all great. You know, <laughs> a little Billy Patterson of Fresno, California, you have won Star Wars. It is. Everywhere. Yeah, that's what I felt like. I felt like I had just like stumbled onto this, like, <laughs> like I, it's weird. I knew it was a phenomenon and I knew that millions upon millions of people were into it, but it always felt like, well, yeah, but they, mm. they made it for me. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's all for me. It's all for me, but you're willing to share. That's the important thing. Uh, I do want to discuss a little bit of the changes before we get on out of here tonight. Um, uh, love, I love most of them. I, I, I'm so used to them and right. I, I forget we, we were even, uh, I think you and I independently, I'm going to, I'm going to get to that change here. Here's um, I'm looking on our wonderful friends at Wikipedia. Uh, there was one change. I got to tell you, it's in Return of the Jedi, and I didn't realize it was a change. I I, I just forgot, and it is the uh, uh, line. Uh, and of course, there's so many changes. I'm really scrolling through. It's the line of of uh, of Lando uh, and Han in their exchange on Tatooine, where Han, for so many years of my life, uh, said, "It's all right, trust me." But in the special edition, Han says, "It's all right. I can see a lot better." To this moment. Totally forgot that that was a change. <laughs> I mean, it's it's classic Han humor, you know, like, oh, it's okay. I can see a lot better now. Um, I think it's one of those things, too, where, you know, you're reading all the, you know, the making of Star Wars books and, mm -hmm. like, you can just see, like, yeah, for a 70 millimeter print versus 35 millimeter print versus a stereo mix versus a Dolby mix, like, there are a lot of different audio versions of all the Star Wars movies, so... Yeah, like to have these, you know, to be able to now technology had caught up where it's like, oh, you can you can choose the best version of the soundtrack that you want for this definitive version. It's like, mm. yeah, that, that's just to me a better line. Like that's more classically Han, which is just like, nah, I thought you were blind. No, no, no. I can see better. Don't worry. You know, like yeah. that feels more in line with Han Solo. So like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I haven't seen the original untouched movies enough to even right. know that that wouldn't be there you know it's all i always it's it, it, some of these changes and again some of them are pretty big uh, i i always said the little shop of horrors sarlacc pit thing the, the the beak that comes out not my favorite but then over the over over the years that that any any passion i had for that uh you know not being my favorite has waned and then 
Book of Boba Fett comes along, and it's like a horror sequence when that thing comes out and tries to grab uh, Boba Fett and Fennec in the ship there. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm okay with that. That worked for me. <laughs> 20 years later, 25 years later, I'm on board with Beak Sarlacc. Um, that's some of the changes to me. Some of the, again, some of you can't uh, recognize. But I don't know. It's like, you know, remember when uh, it used to be more and more, but remember when, like, you'd log into Facebook and suddenly the interface was different because they changed and everyone would spend two weeks complaining about new Facebook and they wanted old Facebook back. Then after a while, I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you what old Facebook was. It just yeah, and you life. look back at old Facebook and it looks super bizarre. Yeah. You're like, how did I even use this? Yeah, what is um, this? Yeah. And that's, that's, what- that's how I feel about, like, the Sarlacc in, in particular. Like, I, when I did watch it on VHS, I was like, Okay, it's just like a, it's a pretty big hole. Yeah, there's a lot of like teeth on it, but I feel like if you fell right in the middle, not so bad. You're not going to get hurt that bad. And then I saw the special edition. I was like, oh no, there's a mouth in there. Never mind. You're screwed. You're screwed. You're screwed. Look, I grew up uh, laughing that one of my little inside jokes is, you know, that shared unique inside joke that I, I, I thought only I saw is, you know, one of Jabba's henchmen falls in and the teeth move like they're foam. You know, I just remember as a kid always pointing that out. It's not that bad. The teeth are like foam. So maybe it needed <laughs> he just to be. Doesn't, he doesn't brush or floss. <laughs> yeah. That's why. Very weak teeth in that Sarlacc pip. Um, any uh, other, we'll get to Han here. We'll get to Han shooting first there. Yeah. Any other changes uh, that, that uh, over time you've looked back and ah, I don't love, or is it just all, is it just all the new wallpaper? You know, the, the only one that I, didn't love uh they took out the um, they in the special edition the what i thought was kind of dumb even at the time was luke uh empire strikes back you know luke is he just got his hand cut off if you can believe it Mm -hmm. uh and his only way out is down and he jumps and they put i believe it's the emperor's scream on there and i thought well, that, that sounds like it was an accident. You know, like, did you not mean to jump? And I remember when the DVDs came out in 2004, George must have been like, yeah, that one wasn't a good idea. Never mind. And they took <laughs> yeah. it out and it hasn't been there since. So That's that was right. the only one that was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't like it. Yeah, no, a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Ewoks blinking later, a little bit later, right? The the DVDs, uh, you know, the adding. Look, the adding now of Tamora Morrison is I I, I totally works for me now over uh, the original uh, voice of uh, was it Jason uh, White Green? I believe his name. Uh, that uh, you know, uh, you know, at the time I might have been like, why would you replace Boba Fett? Ah, now it works for me. All that stuff. Um, but like, yeah, a lot of the the legacy of the special editions, particularly New Hope. Well, we got Rontos because of that. We got, uh, you know, to see more of uh, Tatooine, uh, more of Mos Eisley. I, I've always been a fan of that stuff. That has always kind of worked for me. And even at the time, just felt it was like, well, I remember seeing that theater on that day, 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. show, and just going, oh, my God, cool. Like, they actually, you actually see them right into Mos Eisley. I loved that kind of stuff. I know the Jabba scene was like the one that got the most yes. like, press coverage. And, and look, and, and they've and continued to go back to it, and it's still not the best it's still a, a repeated beat uh i always say this like with deleted scenes i love a good deleted scene but i always I've, i don't think it's very rare that i watch an entire complete deleted scene and think yeah that should have been in the movie if you because it's not like peter jackson return of the king like five that's a different thing than jj going yeah we cut this because the pacing more often than not the director's and the editors are right. Um, I think that moment with Jabba is just a repeated beat, a repeated threat. You're repeating a lot of the stuff from Greedo, which is why they had the Greedo thing in there, I think, in a lot of ways. the Not the shooting first, but the lines, the dialogue. So I get it. But it was fun because I grew up, uh, you know, knowing of that uh, this 
deleted scene and there was a Scottish guy saying, Han, my boy. And we got to see that scene uh, despite how bad it did look at the time and they've tried to fix it. Uh, I, I almost didn't care because I finally got to see that scene I read about for so long. Yeah, I mean, look, as an adult uh, who who has studied film now, like, of course, it, you you shot the Greedo scene, so you didn't have to do the Jabba scene because it's yeah. the exact same dialogue. But as a 10-year-old kid, first of all, I was like, this is awesome that mm-hmm. I'm seeing something that wasn't there, that I know wasn't there before. That was like the only thing I knew from like the news coverage was that yeah. this was like a, a scene that wasn't there before. Yeah. Uh, he looks completely different from Return of the Jedi. But again, as a 10-year-old, I was like, oh, because between uh, New Hope and Return of the Jedi, he just got, like, fatter. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you just connect those dots because they're not like, oh, plot hole, you know? Uh, it's just, no, he just like, no, he just, like, he's gotten worse since the last time Han saw him. That was yeah. just how my brain worked. Uh- and I loved that in uh, Empire Strikes Back at that point, when, you know, he's talking to General Reich and he's like, oh, Jabba the Hutt put a thing, a uh, bounty on my head or whatever. It's like, oh, I know who that is. I, cause I saw him in the last movie again, as a 10 year old, I was just like, yeah. oh, cool. I know, I know Jabba. I remember him from the last one. Yeah. You know, that's that guy. That's that guy. Now, and now he's more corpulent and uh, he's just a, a, sedent, a sedentary. He's just sitting in his office more now than he's not getting out and about. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, so let's get to this Han shot first thing. I love, I'm reading here again on Wikipedia and talking about the 1997 changes. It says, uh, just listing the changes, uh, Greedo now fires an inaccurately aimed shot at Han before being shot in the cantina while Han bobs his head slightly to, quote, dodge the shot. And then in parentheses, this change caused a great uproar, uproar in the community and thousands of fans complained. That is a very polite way. It's like Cersei Lannister saying, oh, that's it. Yes, yes. That's a very nice way to say. Uh, uh, millions of fans cried out in anger. Uh, uh, look, um, it's, it's, it's fine now. Like, I don't care. I think it's the only time I've heard George, you know, I get his point of view. He says... Uh, not quoting here, but, you know, it's the first time you see Han. He's shooting this guy in cold blood, and it's just not necessarily the message of, 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 of I wanted to get out there. And in my 20s and, and early 30s, I was like, whatever, Han's a badass. He'd kill anyone in a second. Over time, uh, the good guy buried beneath that smuggler persona, I, I'm okay with it more and more because I also think Solo Star Wars does a great job telling you why he would do that, not out of cold blood, but out of survival and out of knowing uh, the world a little bit more. That's the powerful lesson there when he shoots Tobias and all that stuff. I, I just love the, that movie. So I'm, I'm okay with it. But um, that's the only thing. That's the only thing for me. Is uh, But I also get George's point more now than I did then of, if you're watching it for the first time, that's the first time you see the guy. It sets a little bit of a different tone than maybe we want with Han. And I'm not saying I 100% agree with that, but I understand it at least. See, I I feel like the original way of it, you know, the way that I remember it, it's almost kind of like you can't even tell they're shooting. It's kind of like a puff of smoke it's, and yeah, yeah, burritos yeah. down. It's very yeah. – but that seems to me more out of character – of Han Solo. Cause you know, the argument that I saw a lot was like, well, it changes the character of Han Solo. He's this cold blooded, ruthless guy. And then at the end he comes around like, I don't, I, mm-hmm. uh, that's not the read that I put on it because yeah. even what the movie is telling us up until that point is he's all 
suave and a, and a hard ass with Luke and Obi-Wan. Like she's fast enough for you, old man. But then the minute they walk out the door, he's, he's a, he's kind of a dork. He's like, Oh man, Chewy. Whoa. Wow. We really got like, it's all an act. Yes. So, so for Greedo to, to have this like really, really hardcore badass moment with Greedo, like, almost seems like Mm -hmm. that's not within the character of Han Solo that is consistent throughout Mm -hmm. the next few movies of like, you know, Han is uh, kind of like thinks he's cooler than he actually is, which Solo just a hundred percent doubles down and reaffirms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think so. so, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead, No, no, no. I was just gonna say the change to me, like, I, I don't think like graphics wise, uh, CGI wise, it's sometimes a little sloppy how they yep. like moved him out of the way. Like, okay. But yep. Yep. the intent of it, I think I actually think is more correct than, than the original. This is, this is a hot take that I really think actually Billy, you nailed it in a lot of ways for me. Look, uh, if he never changed it, I don't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, I, I. it's just bad that he shoots first. It's a cool moment. It's an iconic character. It's a great intro. I. That's why I can, I can get it. I Hell, I had one of those shirts that said Han shot first, right? Like I had that 97, the same one that George was on set in uh, a little bit later on, right? Um, but I think you're right. Uh, that is uh, Joseph uh, and I always talk about it. And Joseph loves that about Han of the uh, powerful declaration of, yeah, we everything's great. And then the quiet whispered, oh, God, things aren't great. So that's a lot about Han. And you're, you're right. He is like, yeah, whatever. And then cool. Chewy, we got our money. Hey, it is, it is Han. It is him. It is, it's not an act like he's faking it. It's a persona he's constantly trying to live up and live up to. Uh, live up to because because deep down inside he knows he's the good guy and he knows he's different he just doesn't want to commit he runs away from it he runs away from so much that's what Kira sees in him that's what he she talks about in the book Most Wanted by Ray Carson that's why I love that I always mention that book so I think there's some I think I think there's some evidence to put behind your theory here of, of George maybe got it right in some sense I still think it doesn't look great no but- I don't think it looks great either um, but yeah I just think like I think I think culturally, especially Star Wars fans, I think we have a hard time coming to grips with the fact that, like, at his core, Han's kind of dorky. That's kind of why we love him. Is because, you know, like, Han is, he he exudes cool, but it's definitely, like, something that he has to, like, put out there. Because if you get Han, you know, by himself, like, running towards those stormtroopers, like, yeah. whoops. There's way more than I thought. Or, you know, like, <laughs> hey, it's me. You know, like they they acknowledge yeah. that Han's kind of not maybe as cool. And, you know, Luke rolls his eyes. Like that to me is more Han Solo than like this gunslinging Clint Eastwood type now, now, uh, vision. Now, you know? we're having, now we're having a great Han Solo conversation, but this comes out of the special editions. This is why I love this, Billy. This is great. I think you're right. In a, in a lot of ways, I just said recently in Force Center that, hey, it's me is like one of my favorite Han Solo moments. And I sometimes don't love Harrison Ford, Return of the Jedi. I think he slept walked a little bit through some of it, but that's the adult uh, uh, film critic side of me. But I, it's, it's all BS, it's great Han, but like that moment is pure Han because it is like, hey, it's me, which means everything's going to go wrong. <laughs> which, means- which is so funny, uh, not to get off topic, but yeah. I will say like Han Solo and Return of the Jedi always felt like a different Han Solo to me. Yeah. And as a kid watching it, I was like, oh, because Jabba's dead. Like he feels 
Like yeah. he's free now. <laughs> and so we get to see like a, a carefree Han Solo for the rest of this movie. That's why he kind of acts different is because yeah. he's not, he doesn't have stress anymore. Just, like that's how I rationalize it as a 10 year old. I, well, I love that. And look, there's something to that, but also to the saying, like he finally committed. I think that's often forgot. And it's the detail in the Empire Strikes Back novel by, by Donald Glutt. That doesn't necessarily mean it's hundred percent canon because then Obi-Wan and Owen would be brothers according to the Jedi novel. But Luke, uh, or excuse me, Luke is in their empire. He, he is a commander, but like Han is captain of the Millennium Falcon. He's running away when we see him in Empire Strikes Back. He's out of here. Thanks, General. I got to go. I don't want to be part of this rebellion. He doesn't join until Return of the Jedi. So a lot of that carefree Han, I think, also comes from, I finally committed to something. I'm finally here. I'm here with this woman I love. I think she loves that other guy, but we'll work out that later. But, uh, you know, we're here. I'm here. And I, I think there's something to that. But also, going back to what the special editions kind of makes me think about Han even more We have as we have this discussion. You're right. He's this cool Clint Eastwood-like uh, badass that just killed this guy in cold blood. And then the rest of the movie, he's running straight forward into trouble and barely surviving. In fact, he's not surviving. He's in a trash compactor and doesn't know how to get out. Like, he ain't the cool ba badass. He is what we know Han to be, a lovable, bumbling smuggler trying to get by. Just like even how annoyed they get with him when he tries to be a badass and he shoots it. it looks like, would you stop? I already tried it. Like, stop <laughs> trying to be cool. Like, this is not the time yeah. to be cool Han Solo. You know, like, yeah. that's why, like, you know, that that Han shot first thing. I'm just like, yeah. I just, even if it, it bothered, like, you know, as we both said, the graphics bother me. Like, it's just a strange hill to die on for me because it feels so out of character anyway that I would see that as like a positive change which again not trying to be hot take sally on your podcast here it just <laughs> it was one of the things where like i was i was truly baffled when people were like you know i hate the special edition and i really hate the han grito scene i mm -hmm. i didn't even realize that that was like a thing like i didn't even like Message. i didn't even put two and two together about the who shot first it's like okay yeah, I, I guess I don't get it, but I guess. And look, it's one of the big, uh, it's one of the big pop culture moments, indeed. I, and I get it. And I love making the reference. I still have that T-shirt. It's a, uh, it's a little ratty, worn out. I can't wear it in public anymore, but I, I, I still hold on to that one there. Billy, we're almost done here. This has been a lot of fun having the discussion. You and I could go on and on, and maybe we will again because there's still two more special edition movies to talk about, and a lot more to talk about with you. Uh, but as we wrap up here, I want to talk about a little bit of the legacy of the special editions. I think we just talked about a big part of it, which is uh, uh, what it uh, did or didn't do for the Han character, depending on all of your point of view. But the leg legacy of the special editions, you in a theater, 10 years old, falling in love with Star Wars because of these movies. Because prior to it, it was just a robots walking in the desert, weird movie that wasn't, uh, wasn't anything I'd seen before. I don't know. I'm not involved. These movies... Brought, brought Star Wars into your life in a way that has never left. Um, I want you to close the show a little bit, talk about the legacy and, and uh, how you think about them now. I mean, there's just, there's, there's a magic around the special edition. And, and like, if, if I'm being blunt, the legacy of the special edition is that's Star Wars now. Like, yeah. <laughs> love yeah. it or hate it, like the special edition, that's what it is now. But, you know, like just to think broadly, like it was, you know, coming from the era of, you know, Batman and Power Rangers and, and then here drops this, you know, sci-fi fairy tale. And it, it really did just like, it, it, it took me and it, I can now say it's like, it wasn't the spectacle because I'd seen special effects, 
And yeah, maybe the hype and the, the, the FOMO got me in the door, but I think it speaks to why Star Wars is what it is that, you know, 20 Mm -hmm. years later, a generation removed that it had the exact same effect on me as it did, you know, your generation and the generation or, you know, even the, the people a little bit older than you that were kids when yeah. a new hope came out, like there's something about star Wars that is, that is universal. And like I said, you know, for me, art is just, uh, it, it's just a language. It's just a tool that we can use to understand each other. And I think, Having Star Wars come in at this time where I was 10 years old and, you know, I'm not quite where Luke is, but, you know, I'm starting to look like, what is, what is it, what is life going to be like when I'm getting older and seeing Mm. like, there's a whole world out there, you know, Fresno is not Tatooine, but it's, (laughs) it's not Coruscant, you know, Um, (laughs) you're not, you're not too far from uh, where where Lucas, uh, his stopping ground. So, yeah. Yeah. So it just was kind of like this, um, you know, I think it, it, it hit at a very impressionable time, 10 years old. Like I'm so grateful that I got to, that I got to have this life changing uh, thing come at like the most pivotal point of my life, which is like right before, you know, a teenager and adolescence with no cynicism. Like it just didn't, I, I got to see Star Wars when there was no internet, there was no <laughs> debate, there was no, uh, you know, like, uh, there was no hot takes and yeah. venom and, and, and nastiness. I just didn't, it, it didn't exist to me. So, yeah. you know, I kind of, in a way, you know, again, like that kind of generational preference, like I kind of lament the fact that there hasn't been a special, special edition that, mm. you know, came out. 20 years after that kids now can go see uh, uh, in the theaters. Um, They got their own star Wars and that's awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, just looking back, like I I can't believe that I got to see all three star Wars movies Mm -hmm. for the first time in theaters within the three months. And then I got that year of anticipation for a new Star Wars movie and I got to do it all over again. And it really never stopped since then. So yeah, like special editions, like sure we can fight all day about how you don't like that. You know, they made the rock bigger that R2 hides in front of in the, in the Canyon, but that's not what the special edition is about at all. The special edition is, Star Wars, maybe you thought there were dark times, maybe it was on life support. You can't kill it, man. It, it, it is it is just as potent and powerful any year, any generation as it ever was. And it brought so many of us to the party. Like, how could you be upset at that? You can't and you shouldn't. And I hope none of you out there listening are. This has been a wonderful conversation. Billy, this is, uh, I hope your excitement and anticipation for for putting the kid to bed and and getting on a Star Wars podcast to get out. I hope it all paid off because this was a wonderful conversation. I thank you a lot. I'm going to have to go buy that poster now. I've talked myself into it for the last hour. You're absolutely going to do it. Billy, I know you're busy at Fandom, doing a lot of work over there, still uh, doing some stuff with the Screen Junkies crew when uh, it pops up, and you're uh, busy raising a wonderful child. But anything that you want to tell people to go listen to? Any old episodes of Hot Takes? Are you doing new ones at all? Uh, Hot Takes is over. You know, I think uh, as I've gotten uh, a little bit more settled into career and family, uh, you know, like, I don't need to blast my my, my uh, unpopular opinions on the internet. There's plenty of those. I would say 
uh, you're already doing it, but uh, go back and listen to the four center uh, ranked that we did about my favorite uh, additions to the special editions. And, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about all the Taco Bell merch and all that fun stuff, uh, all, all, all special edition stuff that you and I have talked about. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been great. We'll do it again. So, uh, good to get you back up on the Star Wars uh, public talking uh, horse here because I know you you, you kind of, like me, uh, sometimes the Discord puts you down into a little bunker on an island in Octo, and, and uh, we just want to enjoy it on our own. But uh, good to have you here. Great conversation. Appreciate that. Folks, thanks for listening to the 150th edition of Spotlight Star Wars here on the Force Center podcast feed. If you want to find more, maybe you just joining us here. Maybe the Book of Boba Fett brought you our way. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube. YouTube as well, where we now rebroadcast uh, audio versions of the podcast there. And eventually, one day, we'll roll some cameras. In fact, tonight, uh, we did a, a, a virtual uh, audio session, and Billy's like, man, I put makeup on. I thought we we're going to do cameras, but maybe next time. Maybe next time. Uh, we're also on Facebook uh, at Four Center Podcast. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. Uh, you can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Four Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Four Center. Also, we uh, have had a show going here uh, on uh, the, the companion app, which is great sci-fi, deeper discussions, wonderful nuanced conversations, but also just a celebratory tone. Check out the companion app. And we've been doing databank dive, the exclusive series for them. You can sign up and listen. I've uh, been a lot of fun over there. Uh, you can support me by just following me if you want at Ken Napsock or going to uh, KenNapsock.com to find out all the other things I'm doing. This has been a lot of fun talking about special editions, 25 years old this year. That's crazy. Thanks for listening, everybody. And as I always uh, used to say on Spotlight Stars, man, may that force thing kind of sort of always stay around you. All right. See you next time, friends. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.